scary girl. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is... Dead, Dead Time, Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about true crime, ghost stories, the paranormal, supernatural, just generally like weird, eerie, sometimes conspiracy stuff, sometimes cult stuff, just whatever strange things we want to talk about that week why is that sarah um because it's our show and it's not yours mm, true story Bye. um not bye hello yeah, welcome back. to the show if it's your first time sarah would tell you to start from the beginning yeah what are you doing <laughs> please go back to the beginning thank you episode one a grumble throw to my mouth a little bit we start out real strong and then we make our way down to this and then we take a hard turn you know so real hard <laughs> Like a roller coaster. Like, we just dived. Occasionally we go up. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We do go up. Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Siri thinks I'm talking to her. I'm not. Ooh, that was creepy because Siri was like, ha, 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 ha. Siri was laughing at us. She was was saying what I was saying because I was laughing. She's like, oh, you want me to ha, 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 ha. Like, no, you freak i really would prefer it if you didn't laugh you weirdo this is why i never i never turned siri on on my phone i can say it all day long all day long hey siri hey siri nothing setting off my no you're not yeah (laughs) but uh it's thanksgiving time to these people not when we're recording but when you're listening happy thanksgiving I hope you're thankful. What are you thankful for this year, Sarah? Unless you're, yeah, happy Thanksgiving unless you're... Unless you're not in America. In which case, happy Thursday. (laughs) I mean, you can enjoy Thanksgiving as well. It's Thanksgiving for the people we're recording ahead of time. I was asking what you were thankful for this year. What am I thankful for? Uh, I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful for this show. And I'm thankful that we were able to keep doing our show during a crazy time. And I'm thankful for all my friends. I'm thankful for you, Stephanie. Aw, I'm thankful for you, Sarah. What are you thankful for? I mean, you know, like everybody, it's been a tough year. It's rough. It's hard to think about. You're like, I know I'm thankful for some things. Obviously, I'm thankful for, I've got some very special people in my life. Um, I'm thankful for Val. I'm thankful for my family and my friends who are also my family people like you and mary angela and christina you're all family to me as well as my brother and my sister um i am very thankful for my resilience (laughs) in a very challenging year i feel like uh, i've been through a lot of ups and downs i've been through a lot of like difficult challenges this year and I've yet to have a nervous breakdown. I mean, I've had a few days where, like, I just couldn't stop crying. But you know what? At the end of the day, um, I was going to say I put on my big girl panties, but that's not true. I sleep naked. So I guess at the end of the day, I take off my big girl panties. Yeah. And I <laughs> climb into my bed. And I sleep very well because I, I mean, I sleep as well as I can because I've always had, you know, body problems. But I sleep <laughs> soundly. In that um, I know I'm doing my best and I'm doing everything I can with integrity and uh, hard work. I like that. I also feel like that's something that maybe everyone should take a second to realize about themselves is that we've all been really resilient this year. 
We found a way to power. Like, pat yourself on the back. Be proud of yourself. Man, if you're still here and you're still getting up and fucking trying. Proud of you. Good for fucking you. Right. Like, I am proud of you, Proud of you. You're listening to our show. I'm proud of you. We talk a lot of shit and we make a lot of jokes, but like to be real, like it's been it's been tough and I feel if anything I've been very grateful for my ability to just like get the fuck up and and keep going and yeah. I've I've felt very tre- I've treasured that about myself very much recently. I like that. Hey Stephanie. Hey Sarah. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of you. Um Real yeah, fast, the dang thing. because it popped up, I had another really weird, awful dream last night. Oh my god, I had some fucking weird ones the other night, but go ahead. I don't, maybe it's because, I mean, my dreams are always weird, but as I've talked about in previous episodes, I feel like the pandemic has amplified some dreams and just made them even crazier, and they kind of slowed down or got more mild, But maybe because now we're back in another lockdown, my brain is like, alert, 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 weird dream, weird dream, weird dream. Oh, yeah. So tell me about the latest one. So we were in a spaceship. Charlie and I were in a spaceship. Other people were there. You know how in dreams, like people pass in and out, but they don't look like someone, but you know it's someone. So I feel like Mary Angela popped up at some point. You popped up at yes, some point. I know exactly what you mean. But it was mainly, you know, like me and Charlie, and we're in this spaceship. And for some reason, the spaceship starts malfunctioning or it's going to like go down, which is weird because you're in space. It doesn't like crash. But, anyways. So we had to like split the spaceship in two and one half of the spaceship was some people were going to stay behind and wait for the other half of the spaceship to go back down to earth and then like get the parts necessary to go back and get them. But for some reason, I think it was also heavily implied that like whoever stayed behind was just gonna be left behind and they were never gonna right go like you might them. you might just die yeah, right, you yeah, might, yeah, yeah we yeah. might just leave you in space and we were doing the scramble of like everybody get ready everybody like separate go to your places where you have to go and i like I can't even remember what happened, but for some reason I got separated from Charlie and we are the spaceship disconnected from each other. And I was looking for him and then someone was like, oh, he's on the other spaceship. And I just remember (laughs) in the dream, it just like hurting my heart so bad. And I was just like so distraught. Like I can feel... Like, in the dream and then, like, waking up and just feeling so, like, distraught is the best word I can go for it. And I was just like, oh, my God. Brain. (laughs) Why? So, I had a couple weird dreams the other night. And I don't remember a ton of them, but one of them I do remember had Christina in it. I had, like, four dreams and they were all different dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I had one where, like, the world was all... It was, God, they were all so weird. So there was one, this is not the Christina dream. There was, there was one where like, I don't know if it was like aliens or what, right? But it was like a bunch of us were in the city. Um, and you know, we live in Philadelphia. When I say in the city, like center city, like we're in like the city part of the city together. Yeah. And it's like the sky was getting dark and we were all looking at the sky and we could see there was like some big 
like cube kind of thing, but it was also really dark and really cloudy. So we could you could make out like a shape in the sky, but you, but you can really see what it was. See it, yeah. And then like it was being silhouetted by there were all these like shooting stars. And you could see that they were going behind something. So you could see all these shooting stars and then they would disappear because there's something blocking them. So there's like some big thing in the sky. Right. And like we're all looking at it and somebody told me that they had a dream that I, and this was in my dream, somebody told me that they had a dream that this was going to happen and that I was going to take care of it, that I was going to save everybody. It was all on your and shoulders I was, to save the world. Yes. Cool, 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 and cool, like, cool, cool, cool. And, and right. And this person, like, this person was not concerned at all. Like, they had full confidence in me. Like, they were just like, I know you're going to take care of it because I had a dream and, like, you handled this and you took care of it. And I was like, I don't know. How did I ha- handle it? Like, how did I take care of it? And there was a part where we were all in an elevator going up. And I knew somehow that we were going up towards this thing. And I was just getting more and more, like, a- anxious. And this person was there, like, patting me on the back. Like, you got this. You got this. It's just like in my dream. <laughs> like, you're just going to take care of it. And I was like, the fuck is happening? Okay, I'm so, so that was glad one. That was one. Did you save the right? world? I don't know. Like, I don't even remember. Like, that was just, that was it. That was the dream, right? The last oh. thing I remember was we were going up in the elevator, right? Oh. The the dream I had about Christina, I literally texted her in the morning because I was like, I had this really weird dream about you. Are you okay? And she was like, yeah, I'm fine. So I had this dream that I was visiting Christina and it was at her, her place. Now, like you were talking about, about people, it wasn't Christina's real, actual, literal place that she lives yeah, in, Yeah, but right? you just knew this was, that it was Christina's. But I knew this was Christina's place. But it was like, I was visiting her and it was this house and the house was kind of like falling apart. Yeah. Like from the inside. And it was like, she didn't realize it. This is why I was like, are you okay? I have this really sad dream about you. But like the house was like falling around her. Right. And yeah. she was like acting like everything was fine and there wasn't a problem. And she had she had a dog, but it wasn't Henley. She had a dog and two kittens. And the two kittens were like were like beating up on the dog and she was like, Oh, it's fine. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, Is your dog gonna be like okay? Like do you need to like separate them? And she was like, No, it's okay. She's like, they do this and all then, the time. Right. Then there were also two rabbits and one of the rabbits had this giant head that was almost more like a horse head huh. and then like on this little rabbit body and it was all really weird um and christina was just acting like everything was fine <laughs> she's like you act and like, like this is your first time here this is all totally right. normal <laughs> and it was just weird and made me feel like are you okay and then i woke up and i was like are you okay like i just had this really weird dream and i should make sure you're okay but those are the weird dreams I had the other night. And then there was another one involving my mom, but I won't go into that because I'll get really emotional. Yeah. I don't I yeah, I guess it's just <laughs> back into the uncertainty that our brains are like overdrive. I don't know. So well, I'll keep you posted a... on more dreams as they come along. I know you had asked me in the past about dream analysis and like what I know. And while I don't know anything about like what symbols mean what, my understanding of what dreams are, right, is they're this like they're kind of like your 
what is it, your appendix, right? They're kind of like this old organ that you don't really use the way you needed it to and you kind of don't really need it anymore. And it works in a completely different way than it used to. So dreams originally were to keep you prepared for things like fighting a bear, right? And you would have nightmares about fighting a bear so that you would be ready to fight a bear. Like you, yeah, (laughs) these dreams and nightmares were to help you process the information that you work through throughout the day in order to kind of make sense of it and then be ready for it the next time around. But we have these very different fears and different lives than we had when we were cavemen or hunters and gatherers living out like that in the field. So we have nightmares about the kind of stresses that we have in our lives. And yeah. they don't really make any sense, but we're somehow reliving them in some way that we would hopefully learn from them to apply them to the future. But our dreams don't really make sense <laughs> in that capacity anymore. And they have a very different like function in our lives, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Satan's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. If God won't do it, it won't get done. I sent that to you, right? I was like, that's what I knew. Won't he do it? Is if God won't do it, it won't get done. (laughs) Won't he do it? Because if he don't, it ain't happening. Because if he won't do it, it won't get done. (laughs) Well, with that being said, hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Y'all, Y'all ready, ready to, to talk, talk about, about some, some ghosts? ghosts? We didn't say Leslie. Are we going back to Leslie these days? I don't know. No one said that they were missing it. So it's is it weird? I don't know. I don't know. Listeners, let us know what you think. Well, Sarah, we're what are you to... talking about this week? So in full spirit of the Thanksgiving holiday, I I'm bringing four different Thanksgiving true crime stories. Ooh. Y'all. Yeah, you like that? I do. So these are some uh, Thanksgiving true crime stories to make you happy that you don't have to see your family this year. Yeah, do it. Go for it. So the first one is in 2009, uh, November 26, 2009. That'll be a common theme. Uh. Paul Michael Merhig, so I don't know actually how to pronounce his last name. I'm going to think. God damn it. You know what? Okay, hold on. I, I can't did, even listen to this story I now. did a lot of research, all right? I just don't, I didn't listen to anything about this. I just read it. So phonetically, I'm thinking it's Merhig, Merhig, M-E-R-H-I-G-E. Sure. Mirage. Merg. Merd. Mary. Anyway, Paul Michael Murig, we'll go with that, sat through three hours of Thanksgiving Day dinner and sing-alongs around the piano, plotting the moment that he would fatally shoot four relatives. Duh. So Murig's extended- Sounds like Thanksgiving. Sounds like Thanksgiving, honey. Murig's extended family had gathered at his cousin's house, owned by Muriel Sitton and her husband Jim Sitton, down in Jupiter, Florida. After chowing down on a traditional Thanksgiving meal, they'd gathered around a large grand piano and joined together in singing traditional Christmas songs to the delight of six-year-old Michaela Sitton, who was then tucked into bed soon after. It was as wholesome a festive scene as one can possibly imagine, at least until Paul, who'd been acting relatively calmly all night, produced a loaded pistol, and began fulfilling a dark, twisted fantasy he'd apparently had since he was a young boy. 
Paul began systematically picking off his victims, shooting his 33-year-old twin sisters, Carla Merhig, who was employed as a real estate agent, and Lisa Knight, who was eight months pregnant at the time of her brutal murder by her brother. Like little Michaela, they both had loved to sing. Paul also shot his 76-year-old aunt, who, due to her advanced age, had little to no chance of escaping the slaughter. Paul's brother-in-law, Patrick Knight, whose wife Lisa had been killed, was rushed to the hospital in a critical but stable condition after surviving one of the bullets. And as Paul was enacting his deadly plan, it's said that he was heard muttering under his breath, I've been waiting 20 years to do this. Jesus fucking Christ. It's thought that Paul didn't originally plan to kill his niece, Michaela, but after seeing her sing and seeing the happiness in the family and how they all were fixated on her, he grew jealous and he also went and shot her in her bed and killed his niece. Good God. After the mass murder, Paul went on the run from the law for weeks He'd been laying low in the Florida Keys under an assumed name and living off the $12,000 in cash he'd withdrawn before Thanksgiving. That was until January of 2010, when an attentive member of the public spotted him after his appearance on an episode of America's Most Wanted that focused on the obscene brutality of Paul's killings. The local Palm Beach Post had described him as an estranged recluse, who'd clashed with his sisters in the past. One had even taken out a restraining order against him for a few years prior. Now they, him and his family had had a tumultuous history, like his immediate family. So his mom, his dad, him and his two sisters. And he took out a restraining order on one of his sisters saying that she had said she was going to kill him. And then she took out a restraining order on him saying that he had said that he was going to kill her. But he threatened to kill me in public. (laughs) Why would he threaten public to kill you? So they like, he wasn't on good terms with his family. Um, However, before this Thanksgiving, he seemed calm and he seemed like, Maybe he was trying to make amends. However, the court records show that in the weeks before the deadly Thanksgiving attack, he had painstaking and discreetly spent over $2,000 on at least four firearms and the appropriate ammunition. He had been asking his parents probing questions for days about the Thanksgiving event, evidently trying to find out just who would be attending, but never committed to his own appearance until the day itself. This can be evidenced by the fact that his parents never alerted their hosts, Jim and Muriel, that he might be attending. When he called that evening to announce he was on his way, his mother couldn't resist a sinister thought. I hope he doesn't come and kill us all tonight, she recalled telling her daughter Lisa. And Lisa said, Mom, it came to my mind. But don't say that to Dad because he'll get upset that we even had such terrible ideas. And in October of 2011, Paul pled guilty to all the charges after making a deal that would spare him the death penalty, and instead he received seven life terms to be served consecutively. It's thought that he did it that he's got a form of bipolar disorder and he had had so much drama with his family 
in the past and growing up that he just had an episode and fixated on this and his goal was to kill his sisters to hurt his parents because he didn't kill his parents. Jesus Christ. Happy Thanksgiving. Story number two. Are you ready? (laughs) How you feeling? Good? Great. I mean, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I'm going to hit this bowl again. Do it. Because I'm about to tell you that I named the last three of them. The next one is called What Happens When You Mix Trivial Pursuit and a Hatchet. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. This is a very short one because all I had was one like news article, like police news article. But the police news article says... Police were called to a Port Matilda, Pennsylvania home after a disagreement over a game of trivial pursuit led to one player threatening another with a hatchet. State police in Phillipsburg said a verbal argument over an answer to one of the board game's questions turned physical. The incident happened Thanksgiving night at a home on South High Street, but was reported to police today. When troopers arrived at the home, they seized the hatchet and discovered it was actually a piece of drug paraphernalia. The owner was then taken to prison. What? Yeah. What kind of drug paraphernalia? I don't know. And that's what I was trying so hard to find information out about. Here's my image, okay? Because as I was reading this and there's little information, I'm just replaying a scene in my head of what might have happened. And I'm imagining, you know how you can get those candy canes at Christmas time that are filled with mini M&Ms? Mm-hmm. It's like that, but it's in the shape of a hatchet and it's just full of like drugs. I imagined it was like the way somebody... <laughs> Now, I have a very rudimentary uh, understanding of heroin, but the way that somebody (laughs) would melt heroin in a spoon and then, like, get the heroin out, I imagine that, like, somebody didn't have a spoon, and so they put the heroin on the corner of the hatchet (laughs) and then heated up the hatchet from underneath to burn their heroin. Um, And that's how they were just like, wait, is that heroin melted on the side of your hatchet? They were- um... I don't know why that's what I thought it was. What what is something that you need to like chop up to ingest as a drug? Cocaine? They're like pills. Chopping their cocaine. You with buy the hatchet. cocaine already in a powder, don't you? I don't know. I've never done cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't ever go. You buy never bought it. it. Somebody yeah, it was like one a little bit, and it was like already cocaine. The hatchet had already gotten to it. Well, I mean, isn't that what crack is? Crack is just not smushed up cocaine well maybe they were smushing up crack and making cocaine to make it last longer and they were turning it into cocaine (laughs) and then someone answered the question wrong on trivial pursuit and they were like listen i got my coke hatchet right here on the coffee table caught a cops do you know how many rocks of crack i've crushed into (laughs) hatchet? i'll crush your head like i crush those cracks those rock crack crack rocks oh my god um, what am because i because interesting fun fact that's part of the uh the racism in the in the war on drugs and you hear about the crack problem all the time and cocaine was also a problem but white people were doing cocaine and black people were doing crack and crack is cheaper and they were like oh crack is such a problem but cocaine was also a problem they were just really focused on like 
busting it down in the black communities because yeah. of course of course but i guess that's what happened was white people just bought the crack and smashed it up with a hatchet. hatchet i don't know and then threatened I don't each know other to over know that much but i do know that little tidbit <laughs> i just love that it was over trivial pursuit i really Ugh, also want trivial. to know what that and what a pursuit what a pursuit right i was like what a trivial pursuit that person had <laughs> pursued off stage by a hatchet so that's a little lighter story to make up for the family uh, slaughtering. So buckle up for the next I like one. That little bit of Shakespeare that you threw in. Thank I you. You're it. welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the next one is titled "A Youth Pastor and Spilt Wine." Okay. So this story ends on Thanksgiving. There's no use crying over spilt wine. That's what I always say. I mean, I would Oof. cry over spilt wine. A lot more happens Depends than on where crying. It got spilt. Oof! It got spilt on the carpet. Could you imagine? A lot happens more than crying. A lot more. This story ends on Thanksgiving, but it actually begins two days prior. Ooh. Oh, this one is, uh, it's taking a long time to roast like a turkey. Okay. That's where I'm going. I don't know. Christopher Gaddis, <laughs> a youth ministry director, because of course, his wife, Janet Gaddis, their adult nephew, stepdaughter, Candace, and her boyfriend, Andrew, were playing a board game on the evening of November 21st when Christopher Gaddis started a confrontation that erupted over spilled wine. It ultimately led to Gaddis, who had been drinking that wine that spilled, to shoving his wife and pulling back his fist as if he was going to punch her, but his nephew interceded and quelled the dispute. Tensions were high in the house because Christopher had already had issues with his wife's children and didn't want them to stay at the house for more than a few days at a time. But Candace, his stepdaughter, and her boyfriend were contract physical therapists and had been staying at the Gaddis home for several weeks until their next assignments in Arizona. Later on the night of the 21st, Janet came downstairs after arguing with her husband and gave Chris's handgun to his adult nephew, who was spending the night, telling him to hide it. She said, I'm scared he's going to use this. When in fact, Chris actually owned several firearms. Because of course, not just one. So the discord escalated over the next- Like Pringles, but you can't have just one. Can't have just one gun. The discord escalated over the next 48 hours and reached a boiling point around 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving night when Gaddis Christopher confronted Candace and Andrew as they were relaxing in a hot tub in the backyard. A home surveillance camera recorded the encounter. Shaking his finger, Gaddis demanded they leave at once, but his wife intervened and recorded with her cell phone his conversation with the couple and then her angry exchange with him as he walked away. Then at about 11.15 that night, Christopher went upstairs and retrieved his Taurus 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol along with three fully loaded magazines and walked back downstairs as the others were playing a board game in the kitchen. He shot his wife first, then his stepdaughter, then his stepdaughter, and finally Andrew as he ran from the house in a desperate attempt to escape. After Candace was shot, Andrew bolted for the door and he was shot three times, dying out in front in the yard. All three victims died of gunshot wounds to the back. 
After the shooting, Christopher contacted his home alarm company and told them to send police, but he didn't articulate why he needed them. When the cops showed up, Christopher told the officer that the victims kept threatening me and he shot them when they all ganged up on me. Some of the recorded disputes leading up to the killings were recovered by investigators and played in court. Janet's cell phone revealed a bounty of information, and his stepdaughter Candace's cell phone was recording when she was shot and killed, and it captured a brief image of Andrew crouched behind a table begging to be let go. I will go out, I will leave, he can be heard saying, and screams can also be heard in the background. Christopher Gaddis pled guilty and was sentenced to life in prison. Okay. Right? Jesus. People just snap. Like, he just snapped and just went downstairs and, and killed him. And they're just playing yeah, a board did. game. Just trying to play a board game on Thanksgiving. So my last story is also really short and going to leave us on a much lighter note. And I don't know if you knew this, Stephanie, but in 2012, fans of Lady Gaga broke into her garage and stayed there for like two days. What? Yes. (laughs) So she was gone. She was somewhere else for Thanksgiving Day And they broke into just the garage. I guess they couldn't get into the rest of the house. So they got into the garage and they just like stayed there and camped out. And then Gaga came home and she put out a tweet and she said something like, I went into the kitchen early this morning naked to grab some leftovers for a snack. And I looked at my security camera and I see a dozen little monsters in my garage. Oh, my God. I was like, holy crap. And she she seemed to be a good sport about it, where she's like, I was just sad I couldn't slip them any food. I didn't have a cat door on that door. <laughs> so oh on a lighter note, uh, people broke into Lady Gaga's garage on Thanksgiving in 2012. And she was pretty chill about it. And she was like, oh, you crazy little monsters. Get out of my garage. <laughs> and those are my Thanksgiving <laughs> true crime stories. Hooray. Well, those are delightful. I mean, yeah. The two silly ones are. I mean, the... The family Delightful and the they're enjoyable. Yeah. I mean... Families killing who families. Who all died. Those, was, those were pretty fucking sad. Yeah. But delightful in that, you know, people listen to our show for this kind of shit. For the true crime. <laughs> you know what you came here for. You, you know what this is. You came here some, some shit, man. Three-star it content. Is what it is. So, Stephanie, what are you talking about this week? So, this week I'm talking about something that I'm hoping to get you amped about, and we'll see what happens. All right, let's go. I'm ready. Get me amped. I'm trying. I'm ready. Here we go. So, it's funny because two things that uh, I would tie into what I'm talking about um, are your weird space dream and people getting separated in space. And... (laughs) What? And if you're trying to look for something to do with people around Thanksgiving time and whether you are going to be in contact with those people or not, I'm going to talk a little bit about the phenomenon that I recently became fascinated by, which is the game Among Us. Oh, 
So if you're like me um, and you don't have your finger very close to the pulse of what's happening in popular culture, but you see memes all the fucking time. Yeah, right. Among Us is this game that I keep seeing memes about and people talk about on TikTok, (laughs) which I am on very peripherally. I was like, (laughs) you have your pulse on the TikTok. Every now and then I'll I'll be like, here's a TikTok. I follow like less than 30 people on TikTok. Like that's how much I'm on TikTok. (laughs) I don't even have a TikTok. I just look at it on Instagram. Right. And you see stuff when I'm like, ha, you should look at this. Yes. (laughs) When I send you a TikTok. Um, there was this one TikTok where this girl said something where she's like, I'm tired. This is a message for the older people on TikTok. I'm talking about the people born in the late 90s. And I was like, fuck you. (laughs) Those are the older people on TikTok. You fucking bitch. Anyway, um, I I just literally called a child a fucking bitch. So I take that back Children can be bitches. So there's this game called Among Us. And I've been telling, I was telling everybody about it yesterday because that's when I started looking like really... Not looking into it. I had heard about it and I kept like looking around and I was like, what is this? What is this? And yesterday I sat down and started just watching a bunch of YouTube videos and I was like, what is Among Us? Okay. And then that got me into watching like videos about like strategy on how to play it. Um, this game originally came out in 2018 to, to very little fanfare. Nobody really seemed to care about it. It has blown up in 2020 mm-hmm. and with good reason as people are all trapped inside. So... The way this game works, right, is you can have four to ten players, and it is um, a hidden identity game. I've heard people compare it to a game called Werewolf, which I'm not familiar with. Werewolf is so much fun. Okay. Christina Mm -hmm. compared it to Secret Hitler, which I'm very familiar with and have a lot of fun. So in this game, Among Us... Um, one, it can be one to three, depending on how many people are playing at a time, because it's four to 10, but one person at least among you is an imposter. Mm -hmm. So everyone else is a crew member. And then one person is an imposter and the crew members are all working together to have like, there are all these multiple tasks kind of around the ship and the crew members are all working to complete these tasks to kind of, you know, complete the game. If you are the imposter, you want to sabotage different parts of the ship and you want to kill people. (laughs) (laughs) And then the imposter, the crew members all try and like figure out who the killer is. So you can play this game on, um, it's free on iOS. It's free. uh, So that's on your iPhone, on an iPad. It's free on Android. Uh, You only pay for it if you pay for it to play it on a computer. And that's like $5. And I was telling everybody about it yesterday who are non-video game players. So I had a ton of people playing with me last night. I think there were most of us, there were seven people. Oh, wow. Um, it was me, Val, I had my brother, my sister, David, Greg, Christina, yes. <laughs> um, Dr. Laura, who is Val's best friend, and also Josh's girlfriend. Um, so all of us were playing. So nobody was familiar with the gameplay except for me and only because I had watched all these YouTube videos. But playing it, right, and being aware of the theory of it are very, very different. Yeah. So at the start of the game, the crewmates are given the different tasks to complete around the map. And they're kind of like mini games. And it usually has to do with, like maintenance work. So it's like, you know, go clear out the filter of this thing. Go and like rotate the cuffs go turn on the reactor go fix these electrical wires or whatever right so 
Um, the imposters, like, there are different tasks, and if people see you not doing tasks, you kind of want to, like, fit in so you'll stand at a thing, but you can't really do anything to help them. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people might notice that you're not actually getting anything (laughs) done. You're just, you're just kind of, like, bouncing around, like, pretending to get things done. It's like me when I used to have to strike the set in college. When I would just walk around and not actually get anything done. I would just pick up a prop done. and, like, move it somewhere. Yep. And, like, walk right, from one side of the stage something. to the other, but with purpose. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, some of the things that the imposters can sabotage are things like the lights. You can turn all the lights out. Um, you can turn off the oxygen, which they the crew members will have to fix within 30 seconds or everybody dies. Oh my gosh. There's a reactor where they have to go stop the reactor from melting down or everybody dies. Oh my god. So you can like set something off and then like you know somebody's gonna go in that way to try and fix it so you can kill them on their way to go fix it. Or you can like if you catch somebody and everybody's over there fixing this one thing, you can catch somebody away from everybody and kill them. And then somebody stumbles upon the body and is like, I found a body. And then everybody's like, oh, where did you find the body? Who's the last person you saw with this person? <laughs> and each round, you, whoever you like think you is the imposter, you vote on it and you kick this person out of the airlock. <laughs> and it'll tell you if you sent out the right person or not. Mm-hmm. So if you sent out the wrong person, it's like so-and-so was not the imposter. You just murdered One someone. One imposter remains. <laughs> right. And then... Uh, if you get murdered, you're a little ghost and you can see, you know who killed you, but mm-hmm. you can't talk to people. And while you're playing the game, like while you're actively in the game, you can't talk to each other. Um, so you can't communicate with each other. You're only trying to work together. So you can't be like, so-and-so killed me or I think it's so-and-so. Mm-hmm. You can only talk to each other in like the little median, like in between rounds, like after a body's been found. So, like, a body's been found, it's like, discuss! Okay, who do you think it is? Who do you think it is? And then after that, you finish voting, and then you just go back to the ship, and you keep trying to go about your tasks while somebody is running around killing killing people. people. When I first played yesterday, I played for a long time where I wasn't ever an imposter or getting killed, Mm -hmm. so I was just, like, very observant. But for some reason, there was a glitch. For the first, I mean, like, had to be six or seven rounds when we played. Philip was the imposter every time. My oh my brother God. Philip, right? So the first couple of times Type we're casting. like, oh, that's crazy, right? So it just keeps happening. So one round it happens and me and Greg just follow Philip all over the map. <laughs> so like, so everybody is like getting stuff done around the map and me and Greg are just like following him everywhere him. so that he doesn't have a chance to like kill somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still like sabotaging parts of the ship and stuff. So then the next round we were playing and we had like switch maps and we're all like, okay, well, everybody's going to go off in this direction. And I was like, oh, me and Greg, I guess me and Greg are just going to be on Phil duty again. So we're just going to sit here and watch Phil. And I'm looking at something and I'm fixing it. And Greg fucking snapped my neck because that time Greg was the imposter. Oh my God. No, Greg. And- and then I couldn't tell anybody, and I was like, fuck. So then I'm just sitting there watching, and everybody thinks it's Phil, and it's fucking Greg, and he's just going around You're like, I trusted you. It was really hilarious. We ended up playing this game. Mind you, all of us were people who had never played this game before. Mm-hmm. We ended up playing for like three hours yesterday. Oh we my started gosh, around yes. seven. We didn't quit playing until after 10. We had everybody in a Google Hangout group. Yeah. So- 
And then when we had the game, like the game would be on, we would like mute our mics and turn our cameras off so we couldn't see each other. Because everybody would be like, oh, I can be quiet. But you, when you get killed, you're like, oh, fucking Christina. Like, yeah. you can't help but, like, shout the person's name. Uh-huh. So everybody would mute up. And then when it would get to that in-between round where we would have to vote, we would, like, get on and be like, I saw this person in this room. You're a fucking liar. I was a so I saw Goody Proctor with the devil. I said that three times last night. Of course. <laughs> I, like, I saw this person in electrical. I saw Goody Proctor with the devil. <laughs> I would follow up most of my accusations with I saw Goody Proctor with the devil. It's always really a good comeback. Um, I'm trying to get more people to play it. I would love for you to join us at some point. I want to get Mary Angela on too. She'd be into it. We're probably going to play it again this evening. <laughs> it also sounds like something that I think Charlie would be into if we, because we could play individually on our phones. Right. Yeah. It's a really good time. It is free. It's absolutely free mm-hmm. to download on your phone or your iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, you can play it together, but I think that it's better if you're playing, like, not together. Mm-hmm. The rules tell you when you play that, like, even if you're playing in the same room, you're not supposed to talk when you're yeah. when you're playing. Mm-hmm. So I think being apart uh, has, made, has added a really cool element to it. If you are looking for ways to connect to people that you really miss and you don't want to spend physical space and time with them and you're a little nervous i definitely recommend this game it is free it is pretty easy to figure out the mechanics we had a bunch of people playing who are not video game people and we stayed on forever playing with each other it was just a really good time and it was a really lovely way to feel like i got to be with all these people that i really care about that i can't be with right now still connected (laughs) safe still connected and you get to be in outer space, and somebody is a murderer, and it'll make you laugh, it'll make you scream. It is such a good time. And I recommend it for absolutely everybody. I love that. So now that you've listened to us and you've had your Thanksgiving meal, go play Among Us with your friends who are not Among Us. Absolutely. Hit them up. It's free. Tell them it's free to get on yeah, this game. We're not sponsored by it. Among Us, so this is this is Christina. us telling... Christina was like, you should offer Patreon content where people can play with you guys on Among Us. Oh my goodness. I mean, I don't know. Do people want that? I'm like, that could be cool. And I want to try and figure out how Twitch works because I would love to play oh, to stream. it and be on Twitch. Yeah. Yes. So Twitch, right. Like people would be watching me play the game, but also like seeing me and hearing me react to playing the game would yeah. be a good time. Yeah. And we could do that. We could be like, oh, you could we have two different streams. Watch from Sarah's perspective, watch from Stephanie's perspective. That would be so silly. I know. Don't you love it? <laughs> I do. Give us money. <laughs> Please don't you hear all these great ideas that yeah. we have? But let us know. Like was would you want to play some sort of fun game over the internet with us? Would you like to watch us play some sort of fun game? What sort of content would you like us to come out with? We're going into the holiday season. We're going to get some fun, funky, crazy things going on. Yeah, tell us what you think. Yeah. Slide into know. those DMs. Like what? I said slide into those DMs. Slide into those DMs, you demons. Ooh. <laughs> You like what I did? I do. I wordplay. It works. That's wordplay. I like it. I like it. I hope everybody is having a marvelous, marvelous Thanksgiving, even if the uh, origins of this holiday are a little twisted. Um, I I am very fond of Thanksgiving, not for uh, its racist-ass history against indigenous people, but but for that food. I like encouraging people to be grateful for things, and I like eating 
all the Thanksgiving foods, especially all the carbs. Oh, yeah. I like, I want the mashed potatoes. I want the the rolls. Stuffing Stuffing is my favorite, favorite, favorite Thanksgiving food. I want the rolls. I want some mac and cheese. I want some corn. I want some corn bread. Like, I want every carb at Thanksgiving. Yes, 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 yes. And then I want to follow it up with some cookies and brownies and cake. And some pie. Speaking of pie, I'm going to make an apple pie. Nice. Well, hope you guys are all enjoying your Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning uh, in in on with us. Whatever Thanks you're for doing. listening to all the things. If you want to support our show, of course, the best way that you can do that is by subscribing to our Patreon. We have $1, $5, and $15 tiers available. And there is really cool shit at each tier. And we would be so thankful if you did. We'd be incredibly thankful. Hey, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Give some thanks via subscribing. Thankful for you. A dollar gets you access to our Patreon exclusive Facebook page, which is a lot of memes and a lot of hanging out with me and Sarah and Christina and Mary Angela and all of your favorite people that you hear us talk about all the time, as well as other people who listen. Uh, Christina posted something about Slovak and Slovakia, who are the characters that oh, I was yeah. saying was ruined by Borat. I don't know if you saw, but I posted a comment on there that was a link to an interview with that character. So I had a whole interview as oh, Slovakia. So if you want to hear that mess, oh my it is gosh. on. It is on the internet. The Patreon exclusive Facebook page, you can find it there. It's a good time. And five dollars gets you I Saint It, which is me telling Sarah the plot of a horror movie that she's never seen before. The movie this month, we recorded this month already, right? Yep. That was bad hair. Yep. It was Yes. Yeah, is it bad hair or just hair? It's bad hair. It's bad hair. It's bad Ooh, hair. girl, she bad. Uh, bad hair on Hulu. It was really, really good. I tell Sarah the plot of it. It's a good time. Vanessa Williams was there. Girl, don't get me started on that part. Just go listen to <laughs> I Seen It. That's where she gets started and she finishes that part. It's true. If you subscribe for $15 a month, you get the celebrity ghost fart, which I have to upload this month, but it is coming. And if you already are subscribed to it, then you've already seen it by now. But- if you're not subscribed to our Patreon, you should do that so you can see that ghost fart. Duh. You will also get to hear the special show that's me, myself, and YouTube by Christina that she makes exclusively for our Patreon page. That's a whole bunch of cool shit, man. There's so much stuff. That's God, so much really stuff. And $15 a month, of course, gets you access to all the other stuff, including the things at the $15 tier. But we also know that times is hard right now. We're going through a second, third, fucking fourth wave of corona, whatever, at this point. Ugh, it's crazy. Yeah. But I know money is point. So the best way you can support our show without any money is to go to iTunes and give us a five-star review on that podcast page, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Tell your friends. Tell your friends to give us a five-star review. If you do have a little extra money and you want to go buy merch at deadtimestories.com. That'd be dope. That's dope. Or, of course, we always also love emails. Make Sarah's day. Send us an email. Deadtimestories, all one word, at gmail.com. That's all of the things. Those are all of the places. You're all of the people. You understand. We're all of the thankful. Yes, that was it. all that was... of the thankful. <laughs> I'm going to fucking drink some wine and I'm going to eat some apple pie because happy Thanksgiving. You're welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this has been, been Dead Thank you for listening. 
Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 